Before we get into this episode, I just want to let you guys know that for the time being, the HA Book Club is going to be taking an indeterminate break. I have had my plate full um, running the podcast, starting my Patreon, writing books, publishing them, and there had to be some give. And unfortunately, the HA Book Club is the one that was on the chopping block. I'm still not sure if I'm going to continue podcasts, maybe in a different format, perhaps on Patreon, which you can join at patreon.com slash summer O'Toole, where I share not safe for work art. Y'all know I'm obsessed with that. Early sneak peeks, teasers, advanced reader copies, and signed paperbacks. So if you guys are interested in following along there, I may at some point be uploading podcasts, not weekly, but I'm just trying to find a balance between all the different things I'm juggling. We'll have one more episode after Keep Me comes out June 1st because I did a plotting session with Christy from Between the Wines Consulting and we recorded it for y'all. So of course it's full of spoilers because it's a plotting session, but I thought it'd be a fun behind the scenes look into how these stories come together and that will be released in a month or so after Keep Me is released. Anywho, this podcast has been so much fun. I have loved getting to meet all these wonderful guests, authors. So follow along on Instagram or Patreon and I guess that's it. On to the episode. Hello and welcome to the HA Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm a romance author. With me as my co-host today is Mary from The Vibrarian. Hello, hello. And our guest is Lindsay from Spicy Book Talk. Hello. And we're going to be talking about the Harlequin Crew series and the Twisted Sisters in general. And to kick it off, who is your favorite Harlequin boy? Oh, JJ. Yeah. Sure. JJ forever. <laughs> 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 he just like randomly popped into my head the other day when we were talking about fan casts because he just had solidified himself so clearly to me so early on in reading the series mm-hmm. as Charles Melton. And so, and then I just like, got distracted thinking about JJ and was like, God, he's so great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just something he that is great. Happen. I think that's how that's how Mary and I connected, I think, was our love for JJ. Yeah. He's for sure so the best. I have I have like a picture of him in my head. And I swear it's somebody who I've like seen before, but I can't place it. I know I'm always wrong with my fan cast, so I already know that I don't agree with Charles Mott, but that's like, I'm always wrong anyways. But I started rewatching SVU and I think it could be like Dr. Huang kind of more like buffed out and like taller is like maybe who I'm picturing. I don't know. It's like a, it's like when a word's on the tip of your tongue and you can't figure it out. It's like, I know the face, but I can't place it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard it's hard to picture him for me just because I just picture him as also like the scientist from Jurassic Park. That's Dr. Wong from SVU. That's the same guy. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. But that's like, that's what I think of. It's like the evil scientist from Jurassic Park. Wait, that's so funny. (laughs) That is the same guy. That's who I picture. It's B.D. Wong is the actor. Wait. Okay, so. Do you picture J.J. as the scientist from SVU or when I said like Dr. Wong you picture the scientist I picture the scientist yeah oh okay I was like oh no wait so we're the same oh okay that's less funny but that is okay yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so for me it was okay and I went back because I reread it and before the book five came out and I had this like weird memory of at one point there being a line at the very beginning of the book that said that they didn't know what his, they, because he didn't, he doesn't know his dad. And so they didn't know what his ethnicity was. And so they were like, Oh, 
he's half white and then half like something like kind of ambiguous Asian, maybe Hispanic, like Filipino or something like that. And I was like, dude, Charles Milton is who I'm picturing just Mm -hmm. like kind of Mm -hmm. his persona and like some of the things that you like his like, I've seen like a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff from Riverdale is like gives JJ vibes. And so I was like, oh, this works. But I don't know if he's the right like ethnicity, like if what he is. And then in the fourth book, we find out that he is half Korean. And so I was like, oh my God, that's him. That's Charles Melton. That's perfect. And yeah. But then I went back and reread it and I don't know if they changed it. From the original, oh, no. like if they went back and changed it and decided not to say that it was ambiguous or what, but it's literally in chapter two, it says that he's Korean American. I was like, oh, what? Yeah. Where did I come Wait. up with this ambiguous thing? I I don't know if I thought he was Korean just because you've mentioned it like mm-hmm. before I started reading, but I also definitely thought his mom was Korean and his dad was white. So I think I was just wrong there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I knew that he was Korean, but I don't remember what when what book it was that they mentioned it. It's it they, so they bring it up in the first book and then we get confirmation, like 100% mm-hmm. confirmation later, but it literally it's like in, in his I think it's chapter 2 or 3 that he appears in the story. It's like his POV and it he refers to himself as being half Korean or being Korean American or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mary, did you read the books the first time on Kindle Unlimited or did you buy the ebooks? Kindle Unlimited. Because I was going to say, if you bought the ebook, if they updated it, like if they updated the like Kindle file, I don't know if it would update on something you've already purchased or if it just, so mm. you could check it, but. No. Oh, I do have the original paperbacks though. So I could look in there. <laughs> That's and true. I know- yeah, I guess I have it too. Yeah, I know that they're the originals because at some point they, on book three, there's like these really poorly photoshopped like bullet wounds on Chase's torso. And <laughs> and it's like part of the story that like Maverick shot him that one time. Mm-hmm. I think they talk about that in the first book. And I was looking at the cover on Amazon and I was like, you can't see the bullet wounds. I mean, I feel like they took them out of it, and but it's still on the original paperback. I'm looking right now. I'm looking at it. I think Chase right. was my favorite. Oh, yeah. Until the it. end of book one, when stupid boy was being a stupid boy. Mm-hmm. I'm also in the very, very beginning of book two. Lindsay, just so you know. Okay, gotcha. Like, yeah, spoilers, spoilers or whatever. Also, I think Maverick... And Fox, I think, I think they're all my favorite. Like, the right? Yeah, I think is knocked down a little bit. And Fox is the worst to me. Me too. I love him. I can't. I knew you I would. I had. A, I knew that Summer would love Fox because Lindsay, have you read Lord of Pain? <laughs> I'll just bring it up, Summer. No, no. <laughs> okay, so there's in the second series of like because it's like a there's like trilogies of each of these like frat houses basically and so the second trilogy has a character that has a lot of similar qualities to fox and so when mm-hmm. summer was going to start reading this i was like oh you're gonna love fox. You know. <laughs> yeah i <laughs> love him he has his good qualities and he redeems himself in the end but he is so annoying to me he is I don't so know annoying he even needs to redeem himself like for what just being annoying. That's my thing. He's like for- super annoying. <laughs> yeah. Just not like, getting on though, board. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Though the like the misogyny about like dictating what she wears and like <clears throat> like being in public and stuff does kind of grind my gears. I don't think Nick would do that. Nick was like, "You're hot and you're mine. Nice." So yeah, I think, yeah. I don't really like that kind of like. <laughs> that guy in the white shoes like mm-hmm. you know that character that's usually my least favorite like saint i don't know if you read kings of quarantine Mm-mm. so saint was very fox-like so my I thing really is favorite. that the holdout character like the one that doesn't want to get on board 
usually has mm-hmm. some kind of damage that I can like appreciate. I'm like, I this is like they're super protective of the group or they're like have some intimacy issues or something like that for some reason, like some legit trauma. And so then I'm like, I totally get this. They're like healing. They're on this like journey and then they get on board and it's like, yes, this is the best. Fox just couldn't get his own head, his head out of his own ass. And that's what makes him so frustrating is like, if you just take a step back and open your eyes and it's not all his fault necessarily because everybody else enabled him, like, or Mm -hmm. enables him throughout the series, like, because he's in charge. And so that's annoying. I feel like, to me, Saint was less annoying than than Fox. Mm, Gotcha. Yeah. Question. Did... Okay, so you said Fox was the last holdout. Yeah, And I know you've talked about like, the holdout characters in Why Chooses before. Mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about Chase, because Chase was, like, meh, 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 oh. grumpy. And I was like, it can't be Fox, because he's like, you're mine. What book does Chase come around in? Book four. I don't... Okay. Well, it's, well okay. So, so it's not necessarily... He, like, comes around emotionally in book three. If, okay. So he stops being and, yes, like who? Well, and it, even a little bit in book two because he does like realize that his anger towards her was like wrong, like misplaced. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing with like how he he supposedly saw her choosing Maverick, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that he was, like, was going to break up the group. Yeah, and that's usually – and that's a good call-out, Summer, because that's usually what the holdout character is. It's like they're protective over the group. They think that this is going to mess up their group dynamic or they have, like, intimacy issues or something like that. So he – Chase kind of follows, like, the that traditional holdout character, but then we also have Fox who just, like, yeah, has his head up his ass and is, like, really annoying mm-hmm. about it. The good part about Fox being so – frustrating for the majority of the series is all the times that Rick gets to mess with him. I really enjoyed that a lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was a little oh bit worth God. it. Yeah. And also I feel like their whole setup with them being like, you know, Maverick being outside of the group, you get a little bit of that like collector white shoes vibes because there's, you have to like, their like brotherhood journey has there's some of that happening too even though they were already an established group mm-hmm. they're kind of fractured so they're they kind of come together. yeah so that i love that i've seen your fan cast videos mary you have fan cast for luther mm-hmm. does luther be is this does he does he become a little father like son thing? <laughs> no, I'm just gonna go and, and say no because that is something that a lot yeah, of people have to... <laughs> brought up. I'm like, it's not really a spoiler, but no, no, no. But he does become more mm-hmm. of a ensemble cast member. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. To me, Luther, like towards the end, could potentially get his own. Like little spinoffs. Yes, thing. they set mm-hmm. up at least two two more spinoffs. In this is their it's the United States of Anarchy is this mm-hmm. little world that has three series, and then they yeah they there's a setup for two more series within this potentially. What's the other one? So, What's I know one's Luther's. Who's the other one? Ranger. Ranger. Because Ranger. The Green Power Ranger. <laughs> it's the How epi- can you tell me? The epilogue. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Got it. Clicked. Clicked. Yes. Cool. Let's talk about Rogue. Okay, so Rogue, like, undeniably 
on paper is like a pick me. I'm not like the other girls. Like I'm so fun and quirky, but she doesn't piss me off. Like she should for having all those traits. Why is it? Dissect it. (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts about this. And I mean, I think at just at the base level, she is a girl's girl. Like she has girlfriends Mm -hmm. like, and you'll see, and she makes more girlfriends throughout the series and like really is a girl's girl, even though her four best friends growing up were boys. And she does have some issues with some particular girls, mostly just one girl, but she is a girl's girl at the end of the day. And I think that that is the number one reason why she's not super annoying And I think that a lot of her other kind of quirky things are really, it comes down to that she's just like had a very traumatic life. And I think she has, and she spent a lot of time alone between ages 16 and 26. And like, you know, she basically didn't have a whole lot around. So I think she has a very rich internal life. And that's why she has these like little fantasy things that she runs off on and like says all kinds of weird, crazy stuff. And I think it's just because she doesn't really know any better. And that's like how she's survived the last 10 years. So I agree completely with what Mary said. I think a lot of it too is just like her, she didn't like her background, her childhood was just so messed up that she just kind of had to be different. Like, just for survival. And then when she has mm-hmm. to leave, and, you know, they do, like, the backstory of what she went through when she wasn't there. You know, she went through a lot. So, I think it just made and, – and for her to, like, cling to, like, this this group of guys that kind of, like, look out for her, I think she just kind of took on, you know, like, the things that – not really took them on, but, like, she just – they, they clicked, you know, like they had the same interests and mm-hmm. like naturally. So I didn't get like pick me from Rogue, but I mean, I could see I could see why people would say that. Well, and I feel like she just is like a naturally cool girl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like she doesn't bother me, whereas I would expect her to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I think, Mary, what you said about being a girl's girl is feels like that's what it is, because most like pick me's or like I'm not like the other girls are constantly in competition with other girls or constantly like see trying to put themselves above other girls where rogue is just like let's all be friends with everybody so like she's not striving for the like exclusive attention of these dudes out of like insecurity or right. competition yeah. yeah she's protective of them when it comes to like like that rosy girl, she's like, well, mm-hmm. they already they had beef without Chase being involved. Like that girl was always right. her under the bus and trying to compete with her and, and getting her in trouble. Whereas, yeah, yeah, and then because they lived in foster care together, and it's like, well, how? What is Rogue supposed to do? Like, she's not going to like that girl just because she's another girl. Like. Through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, she was awful. And I, yeah, seriously. And I think too that, because she never says, like, oh, I'm not like other girls. Because that's when, oh my God, that's mm-hmm. just an instant DNF when a, if a FMC mm-hmm. says that about herself. No. So they did a good job, yeah. like, showing, like, oh, you know, she's really. She is different. She has like her own thing going on, but she also is has a big heart and cares about other people. Mm-hmm. I want to be friends with her, but she's also, I know seriously. She's like also hella good at surfing and right, yeah, <laughs> is Riding is like funny. Yeah, as a kooky dog. And, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. For the longest time, I thought Mutt was one of the guys in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> like, the way people talked about him. It's like, oh, Mutt. Think- oh, gosh. That's so better. funny. Mutt's like, yeah. Mutt's like just like involvement throughout the series just gets better and better. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I have Summer when you. 
eventually finish, I have like a official ranking of a lot of the characters, like team ups, like all the characters together, how they like, like, like duos within all the characters and Mutt is included in that. (laughs) A couple times. Mary. Yes. You have talked before about how one of the things that you think is special about the Harlequin series, the Twisted Sisters writing in general, and the Twisted Sisters are, it's Caroline Beckham and Susan, Suzanne, Susan? Susan. I think Mary and I both said it. Valenti. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'll just call it Valenti. Anywho, they're two sisters who uh, write as co-authors, so... People often call them the Twisted Sisters. And Mary, you've mentioned before how, like, the Harlequin Crew series has a lot of sort of just, like, fluff scenes where people, they're just, like, hanging out or at the pool, and it feels like you're hanging out with a group of friends. Lindsay, what do you feel like makes their writing different or their series? So what I really like is just the way that they kind of, like, take one series in this world and then just kind of like expand on it so that you are falling in love with like the side characters that are popping in and out like Niall from Kings of Quarantine. Like you get really invested in the, their little cameos so that when they do have their, their series, their spinoff, like you want to read, you know, Niall's story. So that's always been Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things about the Twisted Sisters. But like Mary said, I like the little, their hangout moments, it does make you feel like you're there with them hanging out. And that's really cool. Yeah, I say it's like in like self-insert, not self-insert, but like they've written their own fan fiction scenes mm-hmm. that people Wait, just... what? I can see that. It's like, so if you've ever, if you've re- read any fan fiction, there's a lot of times they're like, like I read a lot of like Marvel fan fiction and there's always like a focus around sort of their off-duty moments like living in the Avengers Tower or like with Harry Potter fan fiction it's like the like common room moments things that like we get a little bit of peeks into in the canon like in the actual movies and stuff in like the Marvel movies, a lot of times it's the post credit scene that will get some of that. And then there'll be like 30 fanfics that just jump off of that little thing. Twisted Sisters write okay. those moments, like more of those moments into the books. And I don't know if they're doing it like knowingly that people like go feral for those types of scenes <sighs> or if it's just that they like those types of scenes and so they write them in. I don't know. But either Probably way, both. I do feel Probably like both. that's – Probably both. Yeah, I think that it the characters get on your skin more that way. And so it's harder to even if you feel like the story like the book is kind of dragging, you, when you put it down, you're thinking about them. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is cuz that for me, I read the it, I started the series when the first 3 books were out and the end of book 3 I was like, oh, I don't know if I can keep reading this series. But I didn't really have a choice because the next book wasn't out yet. But I went and read Kings of Quarantine. And I was like, oh, my God, these characters show up in Harlequin Crew. So then I went back and I went and reread all of just the scenes that the Kings of Quarantine characters show up in the first three Harlequin Crew books. And then I was like, oh, I kind of miss these characters. I'll probably read book four when it comes out. And the resolution to the end of book three happens like not a full resolution, but the reason why I was like pissed off about it, that part gets resolved pretty much immediately. So then I was like, mm-hmm. I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> and then it became my like entire personality for <laughs> they're also like so funny like some of the some of like the internal monologue is for something like like brooklyn she was in i want to say death club but i don't think that was the name of that series i don't know if that was just the book was it society of psychos oh yes i think that's yeah. the name of the the series so that's another series within the united states of anarchy world but like like some of the like her internal monologue was just so 
off the walls. <laughs> it was just something only She's... the Twisted Sisters would come up with. They have like their own brand of humor, right. I think. Which is funny. And it's, I think it's yeah. unexpected. I feel like a lot of times you go in and you're like, what <laughs> yeah. is this? <laughs> yeah. Like with Kings of Quarantine, they literally wrote the series about a global pandemic that's like mm -hmm. that they wrote at the beginning of COVID but it's more like deadly basically so it's like a lot like they're way more intense about it but they still like poke fun at some of the things that people did at the beginning of COVID like hoarding toilet paper uh -huh. and yeah. just like weird stuff like that like and you're like damn like that is very on the nose and like almost too soon but like they kind of get away with it because they're that funny i think out of pocket is just like the best way to explain it mm -hmm. there was a part with rosie when they're like fighting at the end of book one and she's like but chase like you said you'd marry me if i let you do that thing to my butt and he's like I said I might be tempted to, but I'd have to do it a few more times to really figure it out. <laughs> oh, or, like, the whole God. segue about, like, JJ's special edition, Fifty Shades of Grey, and how he's, like, no, it's a billion-dollar industry, and it's just because it's women-focused, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this is why we love men. So, women. <laughs> you just reminded me, too, like, JJ <clears throat> is also a romance reader, and, like, his little Easter eggs for another series like in the zodiac academy world is really good too that's fun that's always fun yeah he gives fox a copy of the ruthless boys, ruthless of boys. The zodiac, which mm -hmm. is yeah it's, a, it's a, also a yeah. white shoes and that's like another series within okay, the zodiac gotcha. academy world but that was like fun yeah because i remember you've mentioned that there was like self-inserts where they talk about their own books <laughs> i was like how how would they bring that they up? find ways yes it's done pretty well. Their their acknowledgments or like their like authors there at the <laughs> end of this that shit was like the craziest of the whole story. You they you just could like they were so bonkers. Yeah, they're bonkers. They're I forget I forget like the like actual things that were written in it. But it was just like a really wild <laughs> summary of like what happened in the book. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. I read I read like a little bit of them, but also their the like, dedications at the beginning are totally ridiculous as well. I finally got to JJ's condoms. Nice. Yeah. Because he Yeah, because it's like it's the dedication in the beginning of the first book, but you only have the moment of like him pulling out condoms at the end of book one like all over the place you know where he's like oh i would still have some mm -hmm. here or there mm -hmm. or wherever yeah oh, always JJ. keeps them handy yep okay so mary i obviously know how to conclude is your favorite series Lindsay, out of the Twisted Sisters books is Harlequin your favorite it's my favorite in that world and then in like okay. the other, I don't, is it the Soler Solaria in Solaria in that world? It's Ruthless Boys. Yeah, Solaria. Yeah, Ruthless Boys. I'm for sure. sa the same. Mm -hmm. Mary, who's your favorite Ruthless Boy? I need to know if we have the same type. Probably. Leon. Thank you. That's what I was gonna say. That's Leon? what I was gonna say. Yeah, we have the same type. I think Mary and I have a type. Because <laughs> also, then Cody is our favorite, right? Or no, you love Archer. No, I can't stand Archer. I like Steel. Usually, Cody would be okay. my. Oh, but that's I'm, right. I'm actually re-listening yeah. to MK, like the audios, and because everyone's like justice for Cody, and I just he's he's all right. He's all yeah, right. It's just I like Steel him. just takes it away for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Steel's like the quintessential like sensitive, pierced, tattooed, pierced boy. Yeah. Yeah. No. Are any of the Harlequin boys pierced? No, but you will find out soon that Maverick is tattooed. Yes. Thank you, Mary, uh -huh. because I 
I saw a TikTok the other day about someone talking about that randomly, but I was like, I need to do Rex mm-hmm. on just that. And I had to think of like who it was because I, I could remember and it was him. You're right. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to give you a tag. And also Summer's Cash, right? He's ta- He's tattooed too, right? Not there. Oh. Why was I thinking? No. Like everywhere but. Okay. But Finn has a piercing. Okay, got cool. it. Yeah. And Byzantine from Naomi's yes. first book, Was I Ever Yeah, he's here? tattooed as well. I feel like I just yeah. read one recently and the guy had a tattooed eggplant, but I don't remember what it was. What it was. I have so many questions. Like, does it need to be oh, hard yeah. or soft? That's true. Like, I imagine. Does it hurt? Do they come? <laughs> I feel like it would have to be hard, right? Or otherwise it'd be like really wrinkly. <laughs> I don't That's know. What I want to know. And it's probably cold in there. So I don't know. <laughs> Mary's yeah, deep in thought. That's interesting. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I feel it. Well, because so when <clears throat> when Naomi was was adding that in, we were talking about Maverick, and then we were having that conversation. And I feel like she, because she, she used to work at a tattoo shop. I feel like she was able to mm-hmm. figure some of that. So she may have that information. I just don't remember. I was trying to remember if we actually did discuss it in any detail, but. <laughs> No, Maverick was the first one I ever encountered in a book. Encountered in a book, and I was like, "That's sick." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a vibe for sure. Who was it? He's this. Yeah, he's a special one. I really like him. Actually, I think I. I changed he's my, my second. He's, he's my, my second favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I still can't really get on board with calling him Rick. Have you guys seen that trend on TikTok where people are talking about? words that would actually make oh, no. like really pretty baby names if they did like chlamydia have... yeah that. or like mobility <laughs> yeah um but one of them was Ariel. <laughs> oh man wait there was a baseball coach at my high school whose last name was Ariola. that's Dang. really funny it's like change it like who yeah. is gonna take the my dad had a friend family. in high school whose last yeah. name was dick out mm-hmm Oh my god. Yeah. God. These poor kids. Right? That's all rough. Oh my god. My mom's driving instructor when she was a teenager, his name was Dick Peter Wanger. <laughs> no fucking <Yeah>. way. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. His parents were just like, go big or go home, I guess. Oh my or maybe god. they're like, we will call him Richard and then as as it happens, people get yeah. Oh That's rough. God. That's really rough. That's hilarious. Going back to the the Twisted Sisters world, the the series that the Ruthless Boys series that we we were talking about, they have that's like the best version of like that collector white shoes that I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Hades by Tate James is the other like go to for that, but their the relationship of the boys becoming friends and being like some of them were like legit enemies before, including like faded enemies, like yeah. because it's paranormal. So mm-hmm. they're you know it's not just like oh we don't like each other. It's legitimately enemies to friends in some of the cases and it makes me want to die I was like yeah they have the best dynamic full-blown pterodactyl noises yeah Mm -hmm. as they became friends yeah Leon really helps a lot there bring them together yes he does and they did they do a really good job at differentiating the characters too and I think obviously the various POVs help for sure, but I think that you know, with any romance, like like subgenre, there's a lot of tropes and a lot of repeated things, and you can read like when I first started reading Why Choose, I think I read like three or four that were basically the same book or same series, different font, and 
somehow these women have figured out how to lean into that just enough, but also not have it feel like that. Right. Like, obviously, Leon and JJ are similar in the sense that they're very on board with the group thing. They're really, like, total golden retriever himbos, but they're also a completely different characters. Like, Leon is the blonde one, and JJ's Asian, and they have, like, even between those two characters, have very different personalities, but then all of the other characters in the group are different. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember reading Ruthless Boys and then being like, I can't remember which one Fox, which of the guys Fox was, like, teen. I thought that was right. I later felt like, kind of like that character from Ruth- Right, but Fox, like, picked one of the guys from Ruthless oh, he Boys did? to be like, oh, this that. is who I'm rooting for. Who was it? Yeah, because JJ was like, pay attention to Leon. <laughs> He's like, this, like, you should, like, pay attention to this character. And I was like, couldn't remember, I couldn't figure out, I was like, who is, who would be, <laughs> yeah, who would Fox yeah. like of these guys if he doesn't like Leon? And so I went, I had to go back. And double check. And I was honestly kind of surprised. I was like, was and it it kind of made sense. I don't want to, I don't really know if it's a spoiler. It's not real. He was team Gabe. Okay. Well, see, to me, like, Ryder and Gabe are kind of like a mixture of Fox. <clears throat> right. So I could see that. But that's the thing. is like their characters are, they fill a lot of the same kind of stereotypical mm-hmm roles within the group but they are very distinct yes and I think that that's something that they do really yeah. well yeah what do you guys feel like the archetypes for why chooses like in general like there's always we've talked about like the the like last one to give in or like the holdout well so there's usually the leader mm-hmm. the golden retriever there's usually like a psycho yeah and the uh-huh. sensitive JJ. one there's like the sensitive kind of emo sad boy and then the like and I feel like depending on how many guys there are they can sometimes combine in different <clears throat> ways so like a lot of times you'll see the like the golden retriever psycho oh and then mm-hmm. or right yeah. like that I feel like is what like sometimes that crossover this the in Harlequin Crew it's an interesting dynamic because Maverick and Fox are both sort of the alpha hole leaders, but because Maverick, like, isn't part of the group, he's Mm -hmm. not that, but he is older than Fox, and he is, like, in charge of his own gang now, so they kind of have the same, like, level of importance. But what... He's almost like a MMC in, like, just an mf mafia romance. yeah mm-hmm. yeah but i what i like about you know, like Rick, though, too is that yeah. he like was definitely alpha hole but just like i don't know i sometimes i feel like he would just kind of give in to to rogue a little bit like he was just like obsessed with rogue i don't know i don't know where i was going with that but like he's oh, like a little yeah he, i would say he's alpha hole but like not as bad as fox well he's different right and he's on board with the group yeah. dynamic before. Yes, that's what I mean. Like he, any of the other one. I think he he knows that that's like what would make her happy, and he doesn't care as long as he gets her. He doesn't care what that means. And I think that he knew that that was where they were heading when they were kids. Even mm, like I feel like nice. he had that idea in the back of his mind. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he was like this. This is where this is the direction we've been going in the first place. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of wondering, and he was the one. I don't know if that it's a spoiler. What do you? Where Rick was while Rogue was gone? No, it's not a spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prison. Like I'm kind of wondering if if Rick would have been my favorite if he that had never happened to him, like if he had never been arrested. Because I do think obviously like that changed him a lot. But like the way that they describe Rick, like in the memories going back. I'm wondering if maybe he would have been my favorite. Mm-hmm. 
when people are like buddy reading it or you're getting their reactions as they're reading it for the first time what points like is it mid book three or end of book two or whatever that you are always like eager for their reactions? it's always the for? endings for me yeah mm-hmm. I was gonna say the cliffhangers yeah. and then there are the fourth book is my favorite one and so there's a few things that happen in book four that I was like, that I'm always like, eek, waiting for <laughs> people to react to. And also the end of book five. And book five. Yeah, has book five has some good stuff. Yeah. In there. With the uh, end, end of book five. End-ish. Is there going to no, be a six? Like it's the last uh, book, like, right? I don't know. No. No. It's not cliffhanger. It's just something that happens okay, towards the just end. Just like something exciting or something happens. Yeah. Gotcha. But I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about, Mary? Yeah. And there's a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do a lot of things happen in the last book. But it is... Yeah. The cliffhangers are a lot. And there's also some like fun things like kind of funny things that happen that but and it's always anytime any I do like a buddy read I always do like or when people are sending reactions there's usually like one or two things that I like forgot about that didn't really stand out to me that people are like super stoked on I'm like oh yeah that's (laughs) that's right that's so fun you know like (laughs) That's hilarious. It's always fun but when yeah, like you ahead. get to like the crossover characters too, when people are reading that and then they're experiencing that yeah. and they're like, oh my gosh. And like, you know, like the, the squid thing is always like an inside joke. Yeah. Oh, I'm wearing are you? my squid socks for this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like getting dressed and I was like, ew. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's you'll so get funny. it. You'll get that. That's like chapter three or four of, Dang, of book two. So that no, memory is like a steel trap. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was one of the. I, so I. That's because right. that's when you meet Tatum, and so I like had gone back to read that, and then the I think book. that there was because that was when. No, it's at the beginning of of book two because that's when she leaves the island Mm. and comes back. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. But I also went and I looked at that because after I read Kings of Quarantine, I went and reread all the parts that they show up in. But also I was convinced for a long time that Blake from Kings of Quarantine was blonde. Oh, yeah. Because she calls yeah. him golden boy. But he's not. And so he's described specifically as being. <clears throat> so for me, in every Y2s, there's usually one of them that, like, I just, I can't, I don't remember them a lot <laughs> or, like, what they look like. And Blake was that one for me in that series. He was just kind of, like, bonus. He was extra. One of the reasons why he stood out to me so much was just because he is, like, the most vindictive towards mm. her. Because Summer Kings of Quarantine is a bully romance. And he was the reason why that they why they were bullying her was that character. And so he – and he's, like, crazy towards her. Yeah, Kyan was my favorite. Like, he almost yeah. kills her at one point. He does? Yeah. It, it is very intense. I listened to this like writing podcast called Self Publishing Show, and they had, and it's these two like middle aged British white dudes, and they had the sisters on. And oh. one of them, <laughs> in like preparation, read, I want to say, I want to say it was Kings of Quarantine. Is that a bully? No. Zodiac Academy is the bully one. Okay. Yeah. So they read one of the one the first Both book super intense. Bully romance. Was... Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. And he, he was like, like his reaction in like, obviously like knowing that's a really popular book, but also right. like not getting it at all. 
but not trying to like kink shame or judge was yeah. I could see it was that precious. Pretty funny. That's cute. Yeah, so why are you into that? Yeah. So they like these guys that are mean to them. Cool. <laughs> Our wrap-up question of the day is going to be, what's a new release that you're looking forward to? Oh, my God. I'm, like, I feel like I'm so out of the loop right now with everything. Like, just really distracted by, well, I'm really looking forward to Keep Me, obviously. Summer book three. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm currently <laughs> alpha reading. You're, like, obviously. And I was, like, wait, who? <laughs> what book? Should I know it? And then I, I've i been reading Ava Ashwood's recent series, and book four is supposed to come out in the next couple months. So I'm looking forward to that, too, because that's another really good White Shoes series. And she writes really good holdout characters that make sense, There's like intimacy issues and stuff. So I'm a big fan of that. What? Yeah. Oh, I'm reading Radiant Sin right now, too. That's... I'm listening to it on audiobook actually. I just started listening to audiobooks. Yeah. Finally me figuring too. out me too. how to do it. For me, it helps if they're like books I've already read because then I don't have to pay attention as hard. I'm not good at multitasking. Morgan yes. Elizabeth has the playlist coming out at the end of the month, which is like a Swifty inspired book, which is, sounds really good. And then, yeah. yeah, it's really cute. And then I think Teal Swan also has another like Miles Ever After. Which comes out, I think, on the 16th Ooh, of this month it comes nice. out. There's a few. I don't know. I think so. Maybe Is it's it just like, like you know, like a bonus in my mind, like extra bonus of like all of them together. I don't know how long it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited. I can get on board with more Miles Brothers. Yeah. Summer, when does The Prince's book come out? That's another. You know, I was just about to look that up because that's the one that I'm looking forward to. Let's look it up. Yeah. So that will be the third trilogy of the Royals of Forsyth. And they, I am really curious how they're going to do it because up until like the third book of the Dukes. Okay, let's see. Princes of Chaos is supposed to come out May 31st. Okay. Highly anticipated. Yeah. But I'm really curious how they're going to do it because Angel said that, like, it's going to be really, like, a lot. And, you know, you're not ready. But I think she, like, genuinely means that, not, like, just <laughs> when people be... are like, you're not ready. Yeah. But also, up until, like, basically the end of Dukes, the princes had kind of been set up as, like, doting, like, very kind like not the typical you know bully so I'm curious how they're gonna twist it maybe it's you know like they're like polite in public but then I get the impression that they are they're like very concerned with her like physical well-being and and will like care for her in that way but I think that they are going to be psychologically very cruel what series are you talking about the the royals of Forsyth. it's like if you take like a secret society Mm -hmm. ivy league sort of prep school vibe with like organized crime basically and mix it together and you get these like they're fraternities but they are secret societies oh interesting that sounds like kind of like kingmakers by sophie lark like similar yes except that there's like norm yeah there's like ordinary people that go to their school too so there are people and even within the yeah even within like the fraternities like there are people that are in the fraternities that are just in the fraternities and it's like a normal fraternity but then there's like the sounds really good criminals it's actually a pretty fascinating premise the books are kind of polarizing because of the bully aspect I think is like a really intense for some people but if you yeah 
to this day, I still think that in regards to just legit bully, Mm -hmm. Kings of Quarantine is like one of the most intense ones. So Lords of Forsyth, I was like, she is sketch it. Adds to TBR. So sketch. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay. When you read it, though, all right, you have some me reactions. It is my holy grail. There has yet to be an episode of this podcast where Summer doesn't bring up that series. So just, yeah. So it's a lot. I'm exhausted by my own obsession. <laughs> oh, she got a tattoo. Oh, cool. Of it. I love. She got a tattoo tattoos. of a quote from one of the books. Yeah. Yeah. A quote that nobody even remembers, not even the author, and that I. Misremembered. For like the longest, oh, no. yeah, for the longest time, I misremembered it, and so and they they were like, well, you should check like before you get tattooed, and I did, and it was not correct. So, <laughs> but I still was like, I like it better my way, and like it's gonna be tattooed on my body. So like, That's I really the wrong quote, <laughs> but I figured, you know, like, I, that, for some reason, it's like one of those quotes that out of context. Even in context, like, nobody else remembers it. And I was, like, sobbing. So I feel like it's really just, like, my yeah, quote. Yeah, it's your body. And yeah. Do whatever I you want. Make it what I want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of is, like, what I, like, aspire to as an author is, like, being able to, like, create characters and, like, stories and, like, arcs that, like, are random out of context sentence can like make somebody feel so much you know what I mean yeah like the series that we don't mention Mm -hmm. anymore about like rainy days you know that's like her version of it Mary and Lindsay thank you so much for joining this has been so fun and I'm so excited to continue the Harlequin series now that we got there you go yeah I have all of the paperbacks and I only had to buy one of them myself. <laughs> yes. So. I know. You guys say I'm bad about peer pressure. <laughs> I think I've only bought two people Lord's books. I'll read it. You peer pressured yeah. me into it. So. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and you have to read. You have to read Summer's. Summer's books Will too. Mm-hmm. Very, very good mafia. Yes. <laughs> you can read them or don't read them. It's okay. <laughs> I love mafia. Sign me up. Well, thank you guys again so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Right. Thank you. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> and to yeah. our readers, happy reading. Okay. Or to our listeners, <laughs> I always do that. To our listeners, happy reading. <laughs> right, bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. bye.